It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Locked On Tank Squad Monday. I mean, I should say crossover Monday as the Arizona Coyotes have another game day. Today, they face the Montreal Canadiens in a battle between the two worst teams in the National Hockey League. Who comes out on top? I'm not sure if that's the question we should be asking, but it's a crossover episode today. We're going to be talking with Scott and Laura of Locked On Canadians in just a moment. Be sure to stay tuned on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to this special crossover episode of Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Canadians. I'm your host, Robin Leonio. Carl Pavlik is off today. Uh, he just not feel entirely well after this weekend of just back-to-back Coyotes losses. So joining me in today's episode, <laughs> we got our friends from Locked On Canadians, the team that was the Western Conference champions last year. But instead of uh, talking about that, we're talking actual tank off because these two teams are the two worst teams right now in the National Hockey League. So Laura and Scott, thanks for joining us on this episode. Thank you for suggesting it. And, and thank you so, so much for having us. We, we do love a good tankathon here. Uh, our good friends, the content boys have taught us in the ways of the tankathon <laughs> and how all that it contains. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm slowly looking at the, at, at the uh, just, the lottery odds already. I'm just like, all right, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's see how this tank goes. How do you do it? <laughs> I, I, I'm not the expert here. I have no idea. Like, I'm like, I know I want them to lose because like Shane Wright's super dope, but I'm like, this is terrible. Like, why am I, why am I subjecting myself to this five nights a week? Like it, it's yeah. wild to watch happen. And it, it it's painful because like, and it's weird for, someone like you know who's you know covering the coyotes because we expected this <laughs> coyotes fans expected this but it's still painful <laughs> it's still painful no matter what we're just, like it was like this last summer when they just completely sold off garland and kemper and ekman larson and dvorak was like all right we're we're we're, we're, we're tanking this year we can accept it um but even the first those first 13 games i'm just like is gonna suck if only they weren't right if only they were trying wait wait we were we were trying though that oh no oh no oh no we were we spent to the cap ceiling again and got nowhere we went in the opposite direction of the stanley the literal opposite direction this is if anyone wants to know how we got here I don't know. I don't know if it's coaching, if it's everybody being injured, if it's COVID, if it's global warming, if the chicken nuggets in Montreal aren't good enough. I don't know fully what it is. All I know is that every bad thing that could have possibly happened to this Canadians team, uh, short of the Bell Center burning down, 
has happened this year so far. Don't and put that out there, Scott. Did you I already said it on Berkshire show. Like, it's going <laughs> to happen now. It's going to get struck by lightning in a freak storm, and they're going to have to play in, like, they're finally going to get a team in Quebec City this year, and it's going to be the Canadians. That's what's going to happen. I mean, during the playoffs, they set the ice on fire, at least on the projections. So, you know, I wouldn't put it past it. <laughs> and a cop car. And a cop car. Let's not forget that. We can't not remember that they flipped a cop car over after they beat, was it, the Jets? When they I want to say co- it was the Jets. It might have been, because that's when they were carrying the pylon down uh, St. Catherine as well, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, Canadian fans seem like they, 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 they like to have fun when the team's doing good. At fun. <laughs> fun. Arson. Fun. I, Julian's going to kill me for this. <laughs> Uh, but again, like this is, uh, it, it is crazy because we didn't expect the Canadians to be this bad. Um, because, I mean, like I mentioned at the beginning, they they won the Campbell Trophy and they were, you know, went to the Stanley Cup final just last year. Like what happened? So I think it's it's important to kind of just talk about that a little bit because the Coyotes were very blatant and open about what they were doing, right? I mean, they could say that they weren't tanking, but you know they were gunning for some good draft picks. And it's not a bad strategy when you're looking at the division. The division's already pretty weak. Um, you're just kind of like, all right, I gotta get I gotta get to the bottom of this weak division, right? What do you do? So they sold people off, they made some trades, you totally got it. And this is completely um, you know, separate from the off-ice uh drama, which we will ask you about because we are curious. But you know, they, they were clear about it. It was clear and it was intentional. And the Canadians, it was kind of the, not necessarily the opposite, because there didn't really seem to be a lot of intention to, for example, uh, Shea Weber, they knew that he was injured. They knew that his career was likely over, or at the very least, his season was was not going to happen, right? Like, at the very, very least, you knew that. They didn't take steps to replace him, really. They took steps to replace def- like def- defensemen, but they didn't, right? Then they let Corey Perry walk, which was one of the things where, like, Scott and I have been scratching our heads, being like, I cannot believe that Corey Perry is a giant missing piece in the- on this team. There's a lot of veteran leadership that was not there. And the unfortunate thing is that the, the Carey Price as well, they didn't expect him to be out as long as as this, right? Like he had a knee injury, he was going to be rehabbing that knee injury, but then he also uh, ended up checking into the, the uh, NHLPA Players Assistance Program, uh, which was not expected, but at the same time, they did in fact take steps, right? Like when uh, Carey Price put himself or agreed to be available to be picked by the Seattle Kraken. The whole idea was that they needed to keep Jake Allen because Jake Allen was that good, competent goalie that they needed. Um, and unfortunately, with how badly the team played in front of him, Jake Allen, even in the, on the nights that he was playing lights out, he wasn't getting those wins. He wasn't getting the Ws. There was no run support. So that went wrong in itself as well. And like currently we're talking about Jake Allen being out at least a week Uh it's bad luck, right? Like he's been injured twice this season and, you know, they picked up a goalie on the waiver wire who uh, without any defense in front of him or without a competent defense in front of him um, has struggled as well. So I think one of the things was that there was sort of a method to what Mark Bergevin was doing, but the method wasn't replace what was missing. I think he tried to go in a new direction without really 
without really having a clear vision. He was just kind of like, all right, we don't have this guy. We don't have this guy. We don't have this guy, but it'll be okay because we have this other guy. We got this other center. Philippe Dano walking was a big, uh, was a big loss as well. Right. You got, you lost a lot of veterans. You lost a lot of talent and you didn't replace them, but you still expected to ice a team that would have in, in his mind, probably been a bubble team. And if you were looking at the team at the time, though, objectively, that was a little bit of a stretch. Now, injuries was also or were also a factor. There's a lot of bad luck with who got injured and when uh, at this point. And then obviously now every single Canadian, I think, has been on the COVID protocol list. I don't think there's been anybody who's been off of it or who hasn't been on it. Nick One Suzuki. Nick, Nick Suzuki. Suzuki and Cole Caulfield have somehow avoided <laughs> and Jonathan Drouin have avoided the COVID list. They are the only three I'm pretty sure who have managed to do that, which is stunning given everything else this year. I'm like, oh, well, at least Nick Suzuki's still fun. And I'm surprised the that COVID and injuries haven't just taken that from me as well, because that would mean first line center Jake Evans, I think. <laughs> like Listen, I, I love Jake Evans, Jake but... Evans. We love this guy. He's so good at what he does, but what he does is not first line center. Exactly. We um we had an entire AHL team in the lineup a week, two weeks, week and a half ago. Time has no meaning. That's how this season has gone. Uh, Mark Bergevin did try his best before he was fired to build what he thought was going to be a multi-part franchise here to go back to the playoffs. And on paper, they were a little bit worse than last year. Yes, that much is true. But we saw what those next steps were for a lot of people, the Cole Caulfields, the Nick Suzuki, Jonathan Drouin coming back, et cetera. And then just everything went in the opposite direction. Everything that could have gone wrong did. And that's not anything he could control, but it, it, everything that could have possibly gone off the rails did. And it cost him his job. Jeff Gordon's looking for the new GM now. And it's also exposing our the coaching staff's flaws in that, adjustments aren't really there and the games where they've looked the best are the games where there's a lot of guys coming from the AHL and into the lineup where they haven't been Dominique Ducharmed yet to be quite honest and it's not the best indictment of a coach who went to the Stanley Cup final last year but unfortunately that's kind of where the team is at right now everything that could go wrong did and now they're trying to dig out of a historically bad hole in uh, overall we're talking to Scott and Laura of Locked On Canadians. We were talking about uh, what went wrong for both of our teams and what, what caused us to get to this point of uh, the two worst teams right now in the National Hockey League. We'll get to more. But uh, Laura has a, a couple things she wants to share from, from our little friends at Built Bar. Of course. So if you want to have energy and not come out lackluster like both of our teams are doing on the ice, we can suggest Built Bar. If you listen to either of our shows, you'll know Built Bar is one of our favorite sponsors. They're a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They are made with real chocolate, low in sugar, high in protein, and they give you that boost that you need. They've got 18 delicious flavors, but they've also got some special edition ones once in a while if you want to try them out. So make sure that you've got your energy, whether you want to do a workout, whether you're just trying to confront your day and check out Built Bar, you can go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's built.com, enter promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. All right, so let's continue once again this crossover episode, Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Canadians. As we discuss, uh, well, 
this tankathon that we got going on, the Fight for Right campaign, the Pain for Shane, Shame for Shane, however you want to call it. Shane Wright. I think Shame for Shame is is, is <laughs> Shame for Shane is probably the most appropriate given these two teams. Exactly. And just because of it's just it's just bad how bad they are. Um and the upcoming draft just does not just Shane Wright, but the upcoming draft is gonna be incredibly deep. So even no matter who you get, it's gonna be you're gonna get something good. The Coyotes have three first round draft picks, including <laughs> one of yours, which <laughs> I wish it was the other one, but you know, you know, it's top ten protected. You yeah, I, I can only I can only ask for so much. I think overall in the draft, like the Arizona Coyotes have all of the picks in through every round. They just collected picks for the next couple of rounds, and it's a smart move because, by all accounts, the next two drafts are going to be pretty deep. I think it'll be interesting in Montreal, given that the draft is being held in Montreal. Obviously, right now, we we don't know if there's going to be any fans involved or anything like that, or even if it's going to be an in-person draft, thanks to the situation everywhere. But uh, I think it'll be really interesting for the Canadians to have a bona fide first overall pick. But at the same time, the draft is deep enough, especially in those top spots, um, that I wouldn't be disappointed if they got anyone in really in the top three or four, even top five. Uh, you're hearing a lot of good things, but obviously it would be great for the fans. It'll be great for the new management team as well. It'll be great for the young core that they're building to get a first overall pick, to get uh, p- potentially Shane Wright, likely Shane Wright. Uh, I just I think that at the moment, though, the Canadians are in this situation where They've said that they're not going to change the coaching staff. And we don't know if the new general manager who will be announced in the coming days, right? The Canadians have said that they want to hurry up on that front. We haven't heard anything uh, to this point, to the point we're recording this. But I think that in the coming days, we're going to know who the general manager is. And they might have a different point of view uh, as as to Jeff Gordon. So the coaching staff might change. And I think the games that they play will be better by default, just in general, uh, because I think the systems are the failing right now, even though, you know, you've got your good players injured, the roster isn't that strong, all of that you want to talk about, all the, you know, the the, the change in general manager and all the stuff that's going on with the off-ice stuff or the front office stuff. Like, there's a lot of quote-unquote distractions, as people like to say. It's, it's instability overall, but I think a strong system would enable the young players that they keep calling up from Laval or the young players that are there that are expected to be on this team for a long time to learn within a system right now that doesn't exist. So it's entirely possible that if they change the coaching staff, we're not looking at that last place. We're looking at somewhere a little less palatable, you know, like the 25th overall, the 26th overall, 27th overall, which isn't necessarily what you want. Like right now you've got this season that was lost anyway. You want to go for it. You want to go and get that number one pick. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that 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 is going to happen. A lot of people are expecting the coaching staff to change, but Jeff Gordon himself said they're not expecting to change the coaching staff this year. This is not something that's on the cards. So I think it's likely, but I'm also curious to know from your perspective, how do you expect the rest of the season to play out for the Coyotes? Well, they're still engaging. Um, obviously, they're still like they're still intentionally taking without saying it. Of course, they they're talking about oh refresh seeing what we can do to build the future of this team and that and that's even talking about you know potentially trading uh Jacob Chikrin that that you know those trade talks have been 
have have been escalating as well. So you have a lot of different things that this team is like, all right, how much value can we get for this player? It's like, oh, you're going to give us a first round draft pick, second round draft pick. Okay, we'll take those and we'll give you this player because they're just keep racking this up. And it's, you know, I think it's impressive. And I think, yeah, the team's going to keep sucking the more they get rid of their star players. Like if Shane Gossespierre happens to have, you know, have a more superstar, then who knows, he might get, get traded right back away. Um, which would be an incredible win for the Coyotes, given that they essentially got him for nothing from Philadelphia. Um, actually, they, Philadelphia gave us a, a, a draft pick to take him. Um, so that gives you an idea of just how well the Coyotes are taking or trying to take this and and go for the losses. <laughs> it's wild to me too. Is that like there was the Christian Dvorak trade, and now the Canadians are sitting on this. Lottery protected, but potentially not. But with the potential sell-off, the Canadians should be looking at what the Coyotes did and they need to decide, is this going to be a, everyone had a bad year, so let's, you know, roll it back again and not trade the vets? Or is this going to be a a fire sale where they can load up and in the next two years when the draft is really deep, it's like, okay, you're going to go scorched earth. This year is going to be terrible. Next year is probably not going to be much better, but you have the Connor Batar. Uh, Bedard, uh, Metev Michkov in the next draft. You have Shane Wright this year. You have other guys and just stock up on all those picks. It's the Canadians need to decide which way they want to go about this. Are they going full stripped out like Arizona did where they barely had it? We played guess who's on the Coyotes basically to start the season here. Who, what can the Canadians learn from that? And if that's going to be the option, the blueprint's right there. And now you just got to draft smart because if you have a poor drafting staff or whatever, that's going to backfire in your face. Unfortunately, if you don't, you, if you have a million picks, it doesn't matter if you don't use them properly. Yeah. And, and, and any team can start up with that fire sale, right? You know, you've, you've seen, you've seen teams do it, you know, left and right. And I think um, a lot of the, you know, more than half the time, some teams fail at it. They, they just, and they, don't utilize those the picks correctly, or they don't um, know where to get this, the proper draft picks. Bill Armstrong is doing something where he's just like, "Let's get as many as I can this way." <laughs> it's very hard to mess up, especially without with it. I mean, again, like, it's like three first rounders in this year's draft, and I believe that's five second round picks. So they have eight picks in the first two rounds of the incredibly deep draft. I'm just like, okay, Bill. Don't mess this up. <laughs> well, one of them is bound to go right out of eight, right? Like, like theoretically, eight in the first two rounds, you're you're gonna get two NHL players probably. I haven't done the specific math and sat down and, and counted it, but you know, it's unlikely that all eight of them are going to be busts. It's not unheard of, but it's it's highly unlikely in my mind. And there's also a likely case, and this was something that uh, got brought up this last summer when I had. Uh, you know, the Coyotes insider Craig Morgan on the show. And he said, don't be surprised if the Coyotes utilize their five second rounders to get back into the first round for another pick. Because like you think about it, like they have, like they have something that a lot of people were seeking after a couple second rounders. Those are some, some decent value out there. The Coyotes want to get a higher chance at a first rounder. That way it's a better for them. Like, okay, I'll take that. Right. And and the thing is, like, they have the flexibility to do it with all those picks. Right. And I think at the, at the end of the day, 
the Canadians have pieces that they can trade. Should that be the direction that they want to go in? They can do it leading up to the draft. They can do it before the trade deadline. But it would be sad to see a lot of their players that we like go. But there's a lot of value there, right? You can trade a Tyler Toffoli. He's on a really economical contract for his production. He had a really great season last year. He's struggling this year, obviously, but there's some injuries in, in play and things like that. There's there's some value there. And, there, you know, I think it's possible that – not possible. I think it's likely that uh, teams are going to call asking about Jake Allen. And he's going to get a good return. It's going to make us sad for sure. I mean, we love Jay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's he's another player that has a lot of value in terms of if you're trying to get draft picks. So I think the new manager, whenever uh, he or she is, is, is uh, reinstated. So from what we know, the last few people that they're or the people that made it to the second round of interviews or their finalists or whatever seem to be uh, Metia Darsh. Kent Hughes uh, and uh, Daniel Barrier, all uh, all people who the media ha- have been speculating or making informed guesses that they were the favorites. And the more we hear, the more it seems like that's who they're looking at. Uh, but they did interview a bunch of people. They did speak to a bunch of people and they probably will be adding um, a lot to the front office. So like the vision needs to be, uh, they all need to have a unified vision. And that vision might not be let's tank. Let's take advantage of this bad year, try and get a high draft pick, but then let's turn it around next year. So you don't know, right? Like if it's Mark Bergevin, you know he's going to be trying to turn it around next year. You know he's going to be doing stopgap measures over the summer and trying to like, you know, shore up certain things. But if you're going to do a wholesale change, I feel like everybody needs to buy in. And unfortunately, that means that we as fans are going to have to say goodbye to some players that we really like. And that's a discussion that was made last, just this last summer for Coyotes fans because um, we didn't know what Bill Armstrong wanted to do because it's like, okay, this Coyotes team was still on the bubble last year. They were maybe a playoff team. Connor Garland is Connor Garland, one of the best team, like one of the best players out there right now. And he's just – and a lot of these players, you know, goaltending saves the, uh, saves the Coyotes. Darcy Kemper, Antti Ranta, Aiden Hill, one of the – you know, the, a lethal trifecta of goaltenders. And it's like, okay, this team is capable. Do they do they go fire sale though, and just completely restart? Because it looks like some things are trying to fall apart. We didn't realize that that would be the case until draft day, when they traded away, Kem, um, or when they traded away Garland and Ekman Larson together to Vancouver to get that ninth overall pick in this in the last draft draft deal on Gunther. At, it was at that point where it's like okay. Now we know that they're that they're tanking, and everything after that was okay. This makes more sense. So a lot of questions, and then like so that starting point, those questions, yeah, it makes sense. And I think that's it. Is that like it? it it's tough to be Montreal right now because, like Laura said, you have to bring in everybody. You have to kind of find a united vision here. And the team didn't know this is what they were going to be this year. Like we thought they were going to be a fringe playoff team. And it all went badly. And now there's a lot of hard questions that have to be asked. And what do you do with the trade deadline this year? We know some names that are likely on the move, but do you keep an Arturi Lekkanen, a Yoel Armia? Do you trade a Tyler Toffoli? It's, there's a lot of hard questions that have to be asked. At least the Coyotes, it made sense at the time with what was going on. For the Canadians, they're caught in this weird in-between that no one really has a definitive answer on what they're going to do. And with the way the team is set up due to what Mark Bergevin did as GM, 
it's unclear what they're going to do with some of these contracts. There's a lot of big long-term deals on this team for a lot of, you know, players who've been there for a while, the core and older core, what are you going to do? And that's what Gordon and the new GM, whoever he or she may be. There's a lot of questions that have to be asked and a lot of uh, not so easy answers, I'm sure coming in the future. Absolutely. And if you're, um, if you're someone who, uh, who bets, it might be hard to take a to place a bet on, uh, on, on what the Canadians end up doing this cup coming rest of the year and, and uh, forthcoming off seasons. Um, but speaking of betting, I want to tell you guys, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting New Year as we continue the barge to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online is the number one spot for all the best sports wage action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And now it's time to take a look to today's game, guys. The, I believe it's uh, 2 p.m. Arizona time, so that's 4 p.m. over there on the East Coast. Uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes and Montreal Canadiens, these two teams set to face against each other. I was making the joke a couple weeks ago. It's like, should we just make it the, the Roadrunners versus the Rocket at this point? Just, <laughs> just call it that. It does look like it, though. If you look at the rosters and who's playing and who's not, the, the Laval Rocket are pretty impressive, though. Those of them who are who've been called up called up to Montreal, but the more time goes on, the more bodies become available. I believe Josh Anderson is now slotted in to start Monday, unless something changes in like the morning skate or whatever. I don't even know if they do a morning skate for a game that early. Uh, but uh, yeah, the la- the latest on him was that he was expected to be ready for Monday. It, it is very wild. We went from Brandon Baddock in the top six to Josh Anderson is back like three weeks ahead of schedule. Tyler Toffoli is skating. Paul Byron's going to be back with the team. Like it, we went from the rocket to the Habs very quickly, but the Habs are still not any good so far this year. Uh, it, it's going to be the ultimate stoppable object versus movable force in this game. <laughs> And I, I, it's going to either be the best game possible with like a three on three for the ages, or this is going to be like a two, one wet dog fart of a game that no one ever wants to speak about when it's over. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's crazy that I think of all this because for the Coyotes side, um, half, half the Coyotes defense is Roadrunners players, Mayo, Mosier, Koyol Chanak, uh, Sodostrom, who's uh, spent most of the last year of Tucson. Like, it's like, what is going on with this? Uh, and they've all actually been impressive. I'm just like, what is, like, like? I think they've helped stabilize this team, like, obviously from the beginning of the year this last year, when they, this season, when they were, like, started 0-11-1 or whatever it was. Like, it was bad. <laughs> it's pretty funny to me is that both teams it's like, Hey, we're calling up this random player because they're all that's left right now in the AHL and they come in and they perform above expectation. I don't know. Are, are the expectations just so low for both teams that, well, you don't look terrible. So we're considering this a win. It, 
And I also like we've talked about it on Lockdown Canadians a lot here. Is it feels like it's a second training camp for a lot of guys, people who might not have gotten a regular shot in the preseason. They might have been injured or they just didn't have their game legs underneath them. This acts kind of like as a second showcase for them. It's like, hey, don't forget about me over here. I'm still valuable to this team. What can you do for me? So uh, that is the one big positive I'm taking away, especially in a game like this. This is a chance for a lot of unheralded or underrated players to get a chance to shine right now. Yeah, I said before the season started that everybody on this team for the Coyotes has um, has something to prove. And that's what, and that, and that, I think even that includes everybody on the Roadrunners. And I think that's why every call up that they've done have been played, there's been played above expectations. And that they are playing to not get sent down. They are playing their absolute asses off. Give, and they're pretty much saying, like, we will not give you a reason to send us back down to Tucson. Um, and that's exactly what's going on. That's what happened with Barrett Hayton this year. He got called up and instantly became a huge hit and he's like all right nope you're not getting sent down you're just staying up i think if you look at montreal scott would you agree that michael pozzetta is that guy from montreal what a wild statement in 2022 <laughs> right now is that michael pozzetta it, laurent dauphin as well uh former arizona coyote laurent dauphin uh have become pieces that it's like well we can't really take them out of the lineup right now they're playing really well for this team and Bazetta was an AHL fourth liner when he got called up and Dauphin was kind of an afterthought with the center depth and they got their shot and they took it like the taxi squad helps it keeps them there they got to rotate bodies through and even if they go back to the rocket they've they've made enough of a case that it's like hey you're going to give me another contract next year, right? Because I've proven I can push for an NHL spot here. So uh, Pizzetta has been the big surprise. He's not putting up a ton of points, but you see the effort, the energy, and the give a damn that's missing a lot of nights. But he that switch doesn't come off for that guy. He is 110% like about as hockey as you can get in one person. We should tell our friends at Bet Online to come up with the stat- odds for give a damn. I like that. <laughs> I have a damn it. for the 60, damn. baby. Let's go. <laughs> Spe- speaking of bet online, let's go to bet online to check out the odds for tonight for today's game. I keep wanting to say tonight, but it's in a freaking matinee game. So, like, it's. Uh, <laughs> um, so, let's take a look at the odds for the game. And to my fans, you're going to be quite surprised to hear this because I've because Carl and I were just talking about this that there's never been a game in which the Arizona Coyotes were favored. Except today, the Coyotes <laughs> are favored by a point and a half at plus two ten. Montreal Canadiens, um, point and a half underdogs, minus two fifty. Money line is both of them at minus one hundred five. So there is no true favorite. So essentially, this is like a pick'em game. Total it's points. A, it's impressive. It's I, impressive. I was just saying, like if the Habs aren't the favorites, uh, just hammer them because. They're due for a game where they score like seven goals and then they just get shut out like six nothing the next game. And if it's going to happen, it's going to be this one. Like they had moments in their last couple games that were good. And I'm like, okay, maybe things are getting figured out. And then they weren't. Uh, They're due for a win at some point. Like they've played about as well as you could expect. Um, I would not be shocked if Arizona somehow pulls this out again, given how well they played against the Leafs and everyone else this week. So uh it, it's going to be 
something. No matter what, some team's going to be happy for the wrong reasons, I'm pretty sure. So uh, if you if you see the Habs as underdogs in this, hammer, the, uh, hand, hammer in on them, honestly. I think they're due for a big game, honestly. I'm looking at the over for this, uh, you know, total points at over over five and a half, mainly because for one reason is um, you said that, you know, the Habs are due for a high scoring game and it's definitely possible um, because I'm sure they're, uh, the Coyotes are going to give Karel Vemelka the day off um, because he had he played against um, Colorado in the second of their back to back. And then he also had that stellar performance against against uh, Toronto. So it's like, okay, you can give you, we can give you a break. We're going to give this game to a starting goaltender for the Tucson Roadrunners, Ivan Prosvatov, because Scott Wedgwood is still in COVID protocol. Um, So, uh, and this is something I actually called last week too. I'm like, okay, um, put Prosvatov in for game one of Colorado, give Vemelka game two Colorado, bring Prosvatov back for the Canadians to give him at least an easier matchup. But uh, so that way you're not thrown to the wolves, um, give you the experience, but we'll just see what happens. It's always dangerous, though, when you take the easy matchup. There's always, like, the, the easy matchup always shows up with something to prove, right? Yeah. Like, when you were favoring the Canadians, they really weren't able to get it together. But now they seem to be putting in a better effort than they have been in a long time. And part of that has been the energy of the call-ups and the system that they play under in Laval. And part of that has been, I think, as time goes on, the shame is kind of getting to them at this point. Um, with, with the, the, I guess, with the Habs, it's like Scott said, I think it's either going to be one of those really high-scoring games uh, for the Canadians or it's going to be a high-scoring game for the Coyotes. Um, or it's going to be like a three on three and everybody just really wanted to go home and you end up with a one zero total with final score. Let's put in our final, final score predictions on this one. Um, Scott, how do you have you go first? I'm going to go six two Canadians. I don't know why oh. they've given me no reason to actually <laughs> bet on that, but I, it's going to be stupid. I'm, I'm going to be, here's the thing is I have to work tomorrow, so I'm going to miss the game. So I'm just assuming it's going to be the most fun one that they've played in a long time, and I'm going to miss all of it. So, well, if my employer is listening to this, I'm going to miss the first hour. I'm only going to start <laughs> watching at five o'clock on the dot, uh, and my prediction is going to be one zero Canadians. One zero Canadians. Since I already picked the over, I kind of feel stuck to go over that five and a half. Um, <laughs> what do I think? I'm, I think I'm going to go. Five to four, Arizona in overtime. I like it. I like We're going it. full stupid with this one here. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go full stupid, and I'm yes. here for it. Like, I love it. Yeah, so many goals. Might be Highlight starting, real goals. So. <laughs> Highlight real goals from people you would never expect to score a goal in the NHL. We just see some Rem goals. Rem like hat trick. We're going to get a Rem Pitlick hat trick because why not? Why why not at this point? It's I'll, the most add, random name on the team I can think of. I'll add in right? Dyson Mayo hat trick for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be the most random absolute ever. It would be crazy. Um, but anyways, we're running out of time on this episode, this crossover episode. Once again, Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Canadian. And Scott and Laura, why don't you tell everybody where we can find you and your podcast? Scott, do you want to do the honors? 
Uh, I can. Uh, if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, Laura is at the Active Stick, and I am at Scott Matla on Twitter. And you can follow our podcast at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. And you can obviously find us wherever you get your daily podcasts as well. And for and for us here at Locked On Coyotes, we are at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leano. That's Robin with a Y underscore L E A N O. Um, and again, you can interact with any of us, even interact with Carl when he's uh, when he's back, and you can answer anything you have on a future episode of the podcast. Again, that is it for today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And for the Coy- for the Coyotes fans all listening, don't forget the how long. <laughs>